This episode is brought to you by One United Bank, America's largest Black-owned bank and first Black internet bank. As you get ready to do your gift shopping this holiday season, we want to encourage you to consider ways to buy Black and support your community. One United believes that money is power and we can use it to build wealth in the Black community, not only for today, but for the future as well. This is more than a moment, it's a movement. With the right mindset and actions, we can be financially woke. When we unite the power of our dollars, there's no limit to what we can do. Move your money and bank Black with One United Bank today. Visit oneunited.com to learn more. Hey, 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 everybody. We're back with another episode of Job Log. Yes, your group chat girlfriends clacking in on the 1st and the 15th. Yes, it is I, Courtney. I've returned from the depths of academia. (laughs) Today we have an amazing episode lined up for you guys. It is chock full of gems. You do not want to miss this one. Mm -hmm. We know that retirement can sometimes feel a little irrelevant and in the distant future, but it's important to make sure you got a nest egg. That's right. So we have financial advisor Kevin Mack. Matthews and for a dynamic discussion. Yes, so stay tuned. But first, you guys know we like to check in with each other, see what's going on personally, professionally. Mm-hmm. Courtney, how are midterms? Don't ask me about these things. Okay. <laughs> You're like, it's done, it's behind me. I keep telling y'all not to ask me about grass. Oh, really? <laughs> Just because I can't give you what you need. I don't want to, like, sway people who are, like, applying. Okay. I just, just let me finish. Okay. All right, girl. All right. I survived. Amazing. Is, is the key. What else is, is going on? Um, It's been good. I've launched a, my kind of first big campaign at my mm. job. So that was great to kind of get it done. Congrats. And out there. It has been, like... You know, people talk about imposter syndrome all the time, but I didn't think about a form of imposter syndrome where it's just like, it's not your question whether you should be there or not, but it's like, oh, can I do this? Or you're Mm. always like, did I do this right? Mm. You know, and it's like going back and right, like reflecting on stuff I've done, like at the end of the day, like, Mm. did I do this? And how did that email sound? And Mm. And it's like just second guessing yourself. Yeah. And having like this one thing under my belt, it's like, oh, okay. So when all those little doubts come up again, you're like, oh. I've done. It's it's done. I did that. It's such a waste of energy. It really is. It's such a waste. Congratulations. You know, I found myself um, doing that the other day at a networking event. Really? Like, I walked up to an executive. I was really, like, in that space, I really felt like I was performing as a really kind of, like, outgoing and bubbly. Like, I made very intentional effort to be very mm-hmm. like interactive and engaging not just with the people speaking but like all the attendees and then like I turned my back and like introduced myself to someone that was on the panel and I caught these girls kind of like laughing a little bit really at, like, how bold that was I think and it really made me doubt myself I was like wow should I have done that am I mm. like being too out there but hey we're LinkedIn connections <laughs> now and I'm gonna slide through and them. <laughs> so I really feel you on that it's hard sometimes and you're just like did I was that too much yeah I, I feel like much? you ha- I found like taking a pause and like recalibrating my perspective mm. like for me like I work in social media so mm. When I get start to get really stressed, I'm like, girl, it's an Instagram post. Mm. Like, it is not, mm. like, no one, it's not live or die. No yeah. one's going to, you know, not even to your, your scenario. Like, if those girls, like, who are they? True. You You're don't right. know them. Right. Now, for y'all who actually do life and death decisions, like doctors, <laughs> yes. I can't help you. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel you, girl. The world. The world is burning. to. It's burning to the yes, ground. child. All the empires are crumbling. Yes, we got back from Vegas, mm-hmm. and uh, 
when we landed all the indictments for like coming out. And for I was sure. Just like, yes. <laughs> but everyone's getting their due. Yes. Well, it's starting to get their due. Yes. I feel like it's taking forever, but you it keep is. telling me to just be patient and enjoy it the, is. the slow I'm just burn. Ho- I just want everyone to go to jail. <laughs> yes. That's what I want. <laughs> Send them all away. Um, and then, you know, the question I've been asking myself lately is are all men sexual predators? What is going on? It is like disorienting. Yeah. <laughs> like how much is coming out yeah. after this Weinstein case? Yeah. It is like it's like the purge. Yeah. I'm telling you, like no For one Hollywood. is safe. No one is safe. Nope. It's crazy. And I feel like it's kind of revealing in me my own like internalized sexist thoughts. Cause when mm. y'all came for Kevin Spacey. <laughs> and the first the first one came out and I'm like, who are they vetting yes. these people? Yeah. <laughs> like you can just come with a story. Like yeah. oh, and then it's like and then a second. Yeah. And then a and third. The third. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my God. Like yeah. I straight up went into like defense mode yeah. for some creep. Yeah. We and we do it. And the thing about it too is like I feel like as women, we we're, we all know this behavior. Right. With the whole Me Too and everyone kind of raising their hand and saying, I've experienced this, I've seen it. We either know it, have experienced it, or know someone who has experienced it. Yeah. So it's really close to home. And what I am appreciating about all of this happening in the limelight is that it's trickling down into smaller and other institutions as mm-hmm. well. Um, I know there was a kerfuffle on the Twitterverse. Um, about a, a popular party promoter in a specific oh, yeah, space, yeah. and that kind of blew up. And so, whew, yeah, I think you know, at first I was overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and even saying because like it's like like somebody says something creepy to me, and that's the whole news yeah. story. And I felt like it was kind of much, yeah, especially like media sensationalizing. Yeah, it. but I feel like the good thing in it is like it's getting all these conversations started yeah and if you're able to say like why a behavior is inappropriate like mm. apparently louis ck was like oh i didn't know i couldn't just whip it out in front of you <laughs> that was his apology uh, <laughs> like i didn't yeah. know that that was like a bad thing and i'm like okay, okay let's have <laughs> let's have let's the conversations about, yes. about what's appropriate yeah because one girl on Twitter was saying that, like, like as women, we kind of downplay these yes, things. Yes. So she was like, her husband asked her if she was sexually assaulted, and she was like, no. But then when she stopped and think about it, yes. she was like, oh, I meant, like, I've never been raped. Right. But, like, sexual assault, like, girl, that I was Rab. sexually assaulted last week in the club yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. So, like, it's just yep. such a part of culture that yeah. having this, like, avalanche of stories yeah. is kind of good in a way to, like, so we can all get it out in the open. Yeah, I completely agree. Ugh, girl, yeah. it's sickening though. Out with all of them. Ugh. In brighter spots. Right? Yes. <laughs> you know what? Trash men in the corner. Yes. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Tiffany Haddish. Yes. For being the first black female stand-up comedian to host SNL, which is yes. ridiculous. Ridiculous. I didn't know. Like, oh. Uh, anyway, that's yeah, it. We're, we're not. That, that's we're not, not this, this moment This is a joyous right time. Yes. This is a joyous time. So I haven't watched it yet. So my Neither DVR, I, I don't do SNL live. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know it's hour. about to be so funny. <laughs> I've already seen the Twitterverse and Instagram reposting. So yes. I can't wait. To and her check story it out. is so inspirational. Like, I don't usually advocate for watching Breakfast Club on YouTube. That's my <laughs> guilty pleasure that I don't talk about. But her interview with them is mm. like, she had such like a difficult upbringing. And mm. then the way she looks at it with like humor mm. and as a fuel for herself is just an ugh. optimism. I love her, so her much. energy. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. 
Now it's time for Rants, Raves, and Reviews. This is the segment of the show where we highlight products, services, tools, experiences that we're currently loving or not liking so much in our professional lives. Courtney, you're <laughs> up. What yes. are you doing today? I'm ranting. It's cold and I'm ranting. Okay. Um, so I've mentioned, I think I mentioned this on the show before, but I ha- I've come to have an issue with self-care. Yeah, as the term a movement. Oh, the movement. <laughs> now the movement. We've moved past the term. Now it's the movement. Tell us more. I feel like it's gotten oversaturated. That's when it first got on my nerves a little bit. Because it's like everyone's like, what's your self-care? And we've done it on the show, too. So it's like I'm not being shady to everyone else. But I feel like it's just devolved into this thing about, like, what are you doing to, like, indulge you know, you're, and it's like, what first world person has an issue <laughs> with indulging? <laughs> but so I think the the bigger thing I want to focus on is I think we need to talk more about self love. Mm. And I want to, and I'm gonna say why. Okay. Self care. I feel like people start talking about like, oh, I got cozy and watch Netflix, Hell and you know stuff like salts, that. Candles. Right. I took a luxurious mm-hmm. bath. <laughs> but, but I feel like the harder work, at least for me, is showing myself not just care, mm. but. Ha- of but love mm. in an actionable sense. Like okay. love is something if you love is about action. Like it's yeah. something you do. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like yes, we'll indulge in things, but are we having a healthy relationship with ourselves? Mm. Like are we ha- thinking positively about ourselves mm. or are we like our worst enemy? Mm. It's not about just taking the bath. It's about saying I'm going to create spaces to reflect. It's about a lifestyle. Okay. Like it's not just taking a moment here okay. and there. It's like okay. ongoing day to day, every minute. How am I treating yeah. myself? Okay. okay. That's what I'm thinking about. I could get behind that. Come on. <laughs> walk with me. Walk with me. And I saw this somewhere where someone was saying that when you're in love with someone, it's not so much the person as much as like who you are allowed to be around this person. Mm. It's like the feelings that come from that. So mm. when you're thinking about getting that from someone else, how can you get that from yourself? Mm. Like we even talk about like, child, I've been in a long-term relationship, so I've done the things. <laughs> <laughs> and like talking about like love languages and things yeah. like that. And you yeah. ask that of other people, but yeah. do you give that to yourself? What's your love language? Oh. My love languages are words of affirmation mm. and quality time. Okay. So like while I'm bugging him about giving me words of that like am I giving myself mm. that affirmation mm. am I spending quality time mm. with myself I like this so yeah it's like how is your relationship okay with yourself I like this I could get behind it thank you, you. Had me a let's, little go let's go deeper let's go deeper I love that I love that um, on a less positive, <laughs> <Yeah>. productive <laughs> note, I too in. have a rant today. Go in. Um, and I'm going to keep it real short. I've just been observing lately a number of people in my network specifically who seem to want to create platforms of empowerment for mm-hmm. others. But when I run into them, they're really stink or just like not friendly people. And I'm not talking about even to me, like they're fine with me, but I've just been observing this like desire for people to want to create spaces to inspire, empower other people to kind of get on the gram and share a quote. But I just feel like if you want to empower others, be an empowering Mm -hmm. person. So I think it's just about knowing yourself, 
knowing who you really are. I'm not discouraging people from positivity or wanting to build brands around positivity, Mm -hmm. but just audit the way that you behave, not just in interactions that you think can benefit you, Mm. but with, you know, when you run into people on the train or meet strangers or, you know, talk with your friends or your coworkers or or your family, what would they say about you and your brand? Um, And then the second piece of that to me too, I just I want to charge everyone to think about their motives behind, you know, potentially wanting to create this like empowering or inspiring brand. Is it about elevating you or elevating your work or is it truly about helping the audience that you say Mm -hmm. you want to help? And I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to elevate yourself professionally or kind of build up your brand or book work or whatever the case is. But just ask yourself that because it's 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 the two are not intrinsically the same Mm. and I think I'm seeing a lot of people convoluting you know or you know putting out platforms that are really to me designed to elevate themselves under the guise of empowering Mm. and inspiring other people so let's just all do a little audit from time to time I feel you so is it kind of like you're being authentic and the brand that you're projecting yeah or, hmm. yeah be authentic i think people think they have to be building something that helps other people but you don't you could that's real you could just <laughs> you know what i mean like you could just be working on your sizzle reel or whatever for your career like it doesn't always have to be about helping other people right the help will come but you don't have to position your brand around helping other people if that's right. not what's true to you. And, you know, I think this might be part of my issue with, like, the self-care movement. and Because it's, like, some of it you can – people can see through the stuff. Mm. Like, mm. when it's just – you can see through it. So, mm-hmm. like, are you doing it just to be, like, on the bandwagon? Mm-hmm. Or is this really something you're committed to? Because okay. it shows. Yep. All right, guys, so according to Forbes, millennials are a little less likely than our counterparts to contribute to our 401k plans. And we are all about building a financially sound future, as you guys know. So we're super excited for this conversation today. We have Mm -hmm. a very special guest here with us. Hi, Kevin. Hey, how are you? Good. Kevin Matthews is a New York-based financial advisor and the author of Starting Point, How to Create Wealth That Lasts. We are so thrilled to have you with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Pleasure. So this, um, the idea for this conversation started, me and Joy were talking about nest eggs and like what, whether they're important, why they're important. And I know like some of our friends are very diligent about like maxing out their 401k. Mm-hmm. And then some of us are, don't <laughs> understand like the value of it as much. We have like other things we want to use our money for. So just what, starting off the conversation, like, is the nest egg still, like, an important thing? Absolutely. In, in one word, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It is the most important, I would consider it the most important financial goal that you can have. Really? Absolutely, yes. Okay, so I'm definitely on the side that's like, I mean, I contribute because, right. hey, I want my employer to match it. Yeah. But I was telling Courtney the other day, like, I would clean it out. If I had like, you know, and put it towards my debt or something, because I always teeter with like, is it really that important? Can I make that money another way? You know, like, is it really, why do you feel so strongly about that? One simple fact, we're not going to work forever. Mm. Like we're not. 
And at some point when you stop working, you're still going to have bills, whether it's rent or owning a home or Mm -hmm. whatever that thing is. So you have to have something to pull from. If you have enough built up and invested, you can just pull from that. And supposedly, if you do it right, that'll last you the rest of your life. I feel you. So you're (laughs) saying like... Where does it fall in, like, our priorities, though? Does it take precedent over paying off debt? Does it take precedent over investing? Like, where should we prioritize it? So there there were two things that you said that I want to point out. The first one is investing and retirement and the mm-hmm. 401k. They're all the same thing. Mm. We have a connotation to think, like, oh, my you know, my investing is one thing and then my retirement is something different. They're, it's actually the same thing. Mm. Um, it's just different ways of getting there. Mm -hmm. Personally, I am more for investing and going the retirement route and having debt like second or third because you can be debt free and broke. Like mm. that happens. You can, you, know, you get to the end like, hey, I paid off all my debt. I'm like, but you still have bills. So, right. So you have no money now. So as I would tend to go more towards the investing route than debt. And you can do both. You don't have to do one or the other. Okay. Okay. I'm feeling you on this. So to help kind of calibrate us, where we've established that it's important. Mm-hmm. How do you determine kind of what that goal amount should be that you should be working to save towards? Yeah, so there there are a lot of different metrics and rules of thumb that you can use. Ideally, you want to like sit down and like actually use a financial plan mm-hmm, or yeah. speak to a financial planner. Okay, but in general, the rule is you want to save somewhere between twelve to fifteen percent of your total income. Now, okay. is that easy? Mm. No, like every, right. you kind of scale up to. It. I didn't start that way. Mm. No one starts out that way, <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's, especially in New York. Like rent is too high for that. Yeah. So you want to start somewhere and scale up, and that employer match does count with it. So yeah. if you save okay. six, and they give you six, so that's twelve. So okay. you're in a you're in a decent spot. So that's twelve percent of the income you're making now. But what's kind of that goal amount that you want that full nest egg to be? Like yeah. not even as a number, but. You know, what's the, what's a comfortable living situation? What's generally recommended when you think about post? Yeah, they, very rarely do they give you a, like, you need a million dollars. And that's because it depends on where you live, right. your tax situation. Um, the other rule of thumb is 12 times your current salary. Oh, okay. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what they give you, which is just... Obviously, that's general, but yeah. that's, that gives you, like, a, a, a bar. A good, like, starting. Yeah, and okay. it will take you a long time to get there. So if you look yeah. at your account, you have, like, a dollar. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't get discouraged just yet. So I know when most people think about retirement, they think 401K. Mm-hmm. And 401K has been in the news a lot lately with mm-hmm. the tax plan coming up. And can you talk a little bit about, like, how – what are the kind of rules around 401K saving now and how might that change um, with these proposed – plans. Yeah, yeah. So generally a 401k is a vehicle in which you can invest for mm-hmm. primarily for retirement. It allows you to put in and it, this number just went up so it's like 18,500 that you can put in there mm-hmm. and it grows. The great thing about a 401k is that you're not going to pay taxes until you withdraw. Right. And you're not typically allowed to withdraw until 50, age 59 and a half or older. So okay. money, instead of getting taxed like every year, I yeah. have to wait, you know, 30, 40 years. Nice. It grows tax-free. Okay. Um, what some of the plans are, I don't get to pay taxes on it now. I get to, like, write it, put it in my 1040 or whatever form mm-hmm. you do, and I kind of get a little tax break there. They are considering changing some of those laws so that, depending on where you are, you may or may not get the same type of tax mm. break. Ooh, that was a lot. I might have yeah, to. Like that, that I'm one definitely going to yeah. go back and re-listen to this episode <laughs> yeah, with that, my that one, Yeah, there's, there's a, like, a lot more details if you want to go in, like, to the tax discussion, especially right. if you're an entrepreneur. Mm. Um, that, that's going to benefit you the most or pay attention to the most if you're an entrepreneur. Okay. 
At a more macro level, what mm -hmm. are some shifts you've just seen in how people are approaching retirement, whether it's the types of accounts, the ways that they're investing those accounts? Are there any changes that we should be aware of or at least like read up on later? As, as far as changes on the macro level, I would say most people are moving towards the entrepreneurship route, whether mm -hmm. it's you know, the, the gig economy is what they call it. Mm -hmm. So becoming an Uber driver or starting your own podcast or mm -hmm. your own website, like things like that. People like are, yeah, right. So people <laughs> tend to do those. Um, what you do want to do is make sure that you're saving some of that money and putting it into retirement too. Because mm -hmm. some people say, well, I'm making this money in my job. I may or may not save there. But then you have this extra cash cow that you're mm -hmm. not really investing with that either. So you want to put a portion of that into your retirement vehicle, whatever thing that you choose. Okay, so we're really applying that same sort of yeah, the same, to 15, the same mentality. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's more of a copy of and paste. Yeah. yeah, so if you're not getting paid at work or paid enough, mm -hmm. which most of us aren't, um, <laughs> <laughs> you use that like I'm doing this extra thing. I also need to take a portion of that and use it too. Wonderful. All right, so we've talked a little bit about policy. We know 401ks or retirement planning is important. Regardless of sort of those shifts, what are some of the ways our generation, millennials more broadly, are approaching and managing their money a little bit differently than, say, generations in the past? Yeah, and this is always a, a hot-button topic for me because the comparisons are – dangerous mm. you know you don't want to compare yourself to the next person because that's one thing but mm. to a, an entirely different generation an entirely different time period with an entirely different president mm. and economy <laughs> and all that stuff so it's it's really not a fair comparison okay. to begin with okay but millennials i know we get a lot of flack for i don't know buying stupid stuff and coffee and avocado toast mm. and all that yeah. kind of stuff <laughs> which some of that is true but we are better financial planners than our parents were Oh. We're the highest, right? We're the highest percent generation when it comes to like writing down your financial goals, huh. knowing what your investment fees are. Like we're better at having that stuff there. We just don't have the money to finish mm. out the plan right. at this point. Right. So we're we're not as bad as what the media tells us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're we're trying. We do write those things out. We do. We speak to more financial planners than ever before. Mm. Um, than our generation, our parents' generation did. Interesting. So in thinking about kind of the non-traditional approaches to retirement uh, and thinking outside the box of the 401k, can mm -hmm. we talk a little bit about um, those different tools? Because I know like um, an IRA, I'm complete. What is the yeah. Roth? <laughs> And what is the, tr like, what is that in the traditional? What is that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Basics. The, yeah, let's start with the basics. So the term IRA is for individual retirement account. Okay. Okay. So that's that's the start of it. There are two versions of it, or two flavors. I like mm -hmm. the there's the individual or the regular IRA. Yeah. And there's the Roth IRA. Mm. And the they do the same thing. You can okay. invest in the same stuff. It's the same limit, which is $5,500. Um, and almost the same rules, except for taxation. The difference is, do you want to pay up front and pay your taxes now, mm. or do you want to pay your taxes when later? When you take it out later. Right. Okay. So, that's, okay. so the regular IRA, you don't, you're not paying any taxes now. You pay tax when you take it out. Okay. Of the okay. Roth, you pay taxes now and don't pay them later for the most part. couple steps back. Mm -hmm. How is that different from what most – I guess the 401k. Yeah. So the differences, the differences between all of them are the tax rules and what they mm -hmm. allow you to do. Oh, okay. So I can put up to 18,500 and this is a new number. 18 18,500 in a 401k. Mm -hmm. 
Mm, I can put the most, yeah, per year. Okay. So I can put the most money there. My employer can also match a part of that mm. because for the IRA, it's individual. There is mm. no match, and I can only put in 5500 Right, gotcha. and the taxes for the 401k, all that happens before. Like, I'm putting money pre-tax. Right, right. So the, the 401k and the regular IRA, mm. those are similar in that you're not paying taxes until after. Mm. The difference is, well, I may get an employer match. I can put more money in here. Yeah. Right. And you can still do both. Okay. Yeah, okay. and the other difference is with the IRAs, you get to pick and choose your own stocks. Like you can, mm. whatever you want to, almost whatever you want to pick, you can do that. Yeah. A 401k, you kind of get a menu and you kind of have to pick off of that, which isn't always a bad thing. Right. When you say pick your own stocks, for those of us who are just like, this is the first time I'm hearing yeah, any yeah, of yeah. this, what, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So going back to the comparison of the 401k, your employer will give you a list of investments that you can choose. Mm. You may like them. You may not. There could be a ton of ton of options maybe not it's mm-hmm. up to that employer and that's basically so that your money can work harder for you so exactly. it's not just like sitting in a, an account exactly. it's actually invested. exactly you want it to be invested mm-hmm. in something please yeah because um, I've seen it <laughs> not work that way we can talk about that one later <laughs> but in an IRA I can I get to choose whatever it is I want to choose to invest in so mm. I can still do the exact same thing my employer does yeah. which is fine or if you say, look, I think Snapchat is going to take off, then you can get Snapchat. Mm, yeah. um, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know the spectacles aren't doing so yeah, well. Yeah, right. right. But you, you can do that. So you're more empowered. Like you can choose what you want to choose versus kind of picking off a preset menu. Got right. It. And I like that because my IRA, I have it in like Charles Schwab, and mm-hmm. I have some brokerage accounts. And it kind of looks the same way as my brokerage account. Like mm-hmm. I can go in there and like sell stocks and buy yeah. things. It's just a difference with like taking Taking the money out, like it's a whole thing. Right, you want to take it out. You guys right. are so gross. I need an IRA. I don't have one. I just well, have I only have one because I was working at a small company oh. and they didn't have four hundred one k. Oh, that's right. so that's why I have one. Right, and it, it all depends on what your goals are. Like if you're focused, like it it makes no difference in, unless you have the employer match. If mm-hmm. I'm putting like if I'm only putting a thousand in four hundred one k. And I now want an IRA. I'm going to put 500 in both. Well, mm. you're not really going anywhere. Yeah. So it, it really depends on what your situation is. Do you recommend people take a look at doing both? Like I do. As many as they can? Yeah, <laughs> I, I recommend doing as much as you can. Okay. Um, because, like we said, with regulations and stuff, things may change. You want to be yeah. able to say, okay, well, because this happened, I'm going towards the Roth route. Okay. Or because now it changed, I'm going to go back and do this. But it's already there. And you can contribute to multiple things. Oh, I like that. I'm going to start me one. And I like, too, that you can pick your um, where you're investing. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that could be like kind of a fun foray into investing for those of us who have kind of been scared of it. Yeah, yeah. And, th- and that fear is common. That fear is extremely common. The language is ridiculous or it can be in most cases and that's kind of what why i do what i do because mm-hmm. it's i don't think it's fair and it's yeah. not that complicated So for those of us who, cause I saw something on Twitter the other day. I don't remember the exact number, but it was like, by the time you're 30, you should have this much saved to your retirement. And I was like, I don't have <laughs> 10% of that. Right, right. So like for those of us who are getting started later than um, some experts would recommend for saving, like what are things we can do to kind of, I don't know, just make that a priority and kind of make up for lost time? Yeah, the 
I think the first thing that kind of goes back to that comparison thing too. Yeah. So mm. the first thing is defining what late is. Mm. I, obviously, the earlier you start, the better. So 22, 25, like that would be perfect. Why? However, because the longer you have for that money to grow, mm. the sooner you can leave your job or the more you just have at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's say if I'm only... It's kind of like that snowball effect. Yeah, so the, the, longer, the bigger the mm-hmm. hill is, the, the bigger that ball is going to get. Right. So if I just start like two inches away, it's not going to go anywhere. Okay. Okay. So that's that's one part. So defining like how, well, what is early and what is late. Like mm-hmm. if you're starting at like 35, 40, you really want to catch up. Um, so that's that's one part mm-hmm. of it. Two is knowing your situation. Like if you went to grad school for two years, like yeah. that's going to shift that back. Yeah. If you didn't have an employer that offered a match, like mm-hmm. those things do matter. And that changes that outcome. What I would say is that if you are starting late, I'm doing that with air quotes, um, you want to contribute more or as close to that 15% or more that you can Mm. and making sure that it's automatic. Um, Mm. For the typical 401k people, even IRA, you want to make sure that it's automated, taking out whatever you can, and then doing an annual increase. Mm. That way, every year it goes mm. up by 1%. You're not going to notice it. Even if you get a raise, it's even better. That's true. Because 1%, 1% is going to add up down the line. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let me go back and adjust some things. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So we talked about some alternative scenarios if you're getting started. We're not going to say late anymore, right. but a little further down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're freelancing, what about scenarios where maybe you step away and are working abroad or living abroad or, I don't know, just like kind of switching things up. You mentioned grad school. What do you recommend for those types of situations? Yeah, if, if you're working abroad, let's say for like the traditional like multinational company, you'll really want to take a look at those employer benefits because okay. those that that is going to change things a mm. bit. The most important thing is you can still invest even in the U.S. Like I have clients who are in Israel and China and different places, mm. and they still invest normally. Mm, so okay. depending on where your home country is mm-hmm. that's still here but you're working abroad, you'll likely have those same benefits. Gotcha. The key is continue to do it even though you may be in flux in, in terms of your location. Okay, so no excuses. I hear you. Right. <laughs> All right, so we hear you. We're building our retirement savings. But what about those scenarios when you just find yourself in a dire situation, got a little nest egg, and you might need to tap it for an emergency? Yeah, when can we tap it? (laughs) (laughs) Can we ever? Can we? (laughs) Should we? Should you know? And there are a bunch of different reasons why you shouldn't. Okay. However, I think there may be one or two situations in which you, you know, it's it's an emergency, like you have to do it. That situation, at least I've seen in my experience, is you got a divorce, that's half the the household salary, and you need something. Because Mm -hmm. divorce and and with having children is one the number one indicator of bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. So that may be one of those issues. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I don't see many. Reason being, number one, you let's say you take out ten thousand, you're not going to get ten thousand in your hand. Yeah, the IRS yes. is going to tax you. You're yep. going to get hit with the crazy penalty, mm-hmm. and you end up with like seventy five hundred or yeah. less than that. And mm-hmm. you're like, wait, what happened? Mm-hmm. Um, two, where you could have been with that withdrawal is really going to set you back. If you mm-hmm. take out X amount, it could take you five to seven years just to get back to where you should have been, mm-hmm. and you will never get that time back. So All you're right. not a fan of for the down payment for the house or nah, not even that. To college? No, because no. th- you have different options. Yeah, like okay. you have you have options to re- get another home, okay. or you know you have so many different mm-hmm. options to take care of those other emergencies. Okay, to where I, it just doesn't make sense. So just really 
remove that as an option yeah. for emergency savings. I, exactly. Okay. And that's right. what emergency account is for. Right. So what yeah, you take, your nest egg is not your emergency okay. account. Yeah. What you, what you take from now is going to affect what you take from when you're older and you don't have the option to work. So mm-hmm. you're, you're really like robbing Grandma Kev or Grandpa Kev or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the old man can't go to work you know, in 50 years. So like, he'll look like, man, bro, you're like, you took that money for a vacation? Like, right. Why did you do that? Right. You're right. Okay. That's real. Okay. So we're not touching it we're leaving it there but i feel like i mean we we talked about so much how you know work is changing and millennials have a different set of circumstances so what are some more creative ways to look at saving for retirement than just that traditional 401k ira wrap yeah so there's no way around getting getting around the fact that you have to do put money into it Mm -hmm. Um, the best way is to automate (laughs) it so that's one thing if i set up a checking account take out a hundred dollars or whatever Mm -hmm. that's that's one thing there are some cool things that I've learned recently. So, for example, Fidelity has a 2% cashback card in mm. which you can use that percentage to go into your investing account. Oh. So, provided that your credit card debt is in control. So, I'm not saying go just rack up debt. <laughs> right. Just, right. Damn, I'm also investing. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> provided that your credit is in good shape, you pay it off every month, then that may be a way. Okay. Um, right now, I use my cashback cards. I say for, for Christmas. So, like, I have, I don't know, $300 of cash back that mm-hmm. I use for that. Mm-hmm. But you can also take that and say, look, here's an extra three, four, five hundred dollars I'm putting in. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the apps that are out there, um, Acorns, Betterment, those things mm-hmm. too, which can help you save with smaller amounts. And then for those who are inclined to travel, some people tend to live abroad, depending on where that place is, because the cost of living is yes. smaller yeah. and healthcare is a lot cheaper. Yeah. So there, there are people, when you see those like, this person retired at like 35. It's because they either A, live in a really, really cheap area or they took all the money they saved and they live in like South America or somewhere yeah, nice. Yeah. Whereas like rent is, I don't know, $3 or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. But people do that as well. So those are some creative some creative ways that you can get there. Oh, mm, good. All right. So what is something, I guess a key takeaway, I want people to like stop listening and go do one thing one. that will better their retirement plan like what would you say is like the first step i would say the first step is actually i know it's intimidating for some people if you're listening to this at work on your lunch break go to your benefits page check out your 401k and at least increase it by one percent at least one percent y'all let's tweet us when you do (laughs) that hit me yes yes please (laughs) say like i actually did that i'm gonna be tweeting you too (laughs) that hit me okay yeah definitely do that thank you so much kevin for joining us where can the people find you follow you maybe reach out if they're looking for a financial advisor yeah yeah so building if you go to twitter and facebook it's twitter.com slash building bread i'm mm-hmm. always on social media doing all types of stuff so you can catch me there if you are someone who is like i still don't get this investing thing which is hard to tackle in like 20 or 30 minutes yeah buildingbread.com slash three days mm-hmm. i have a easy free guy i teach you like what this whole thing is in three days so you get like a little pdf sheet and i go through it like three days like how to start from i don't know what this is Amazing. or how do i do my debt and investing and when i explain the entire process wonderful i love Thank that you. take a long weekend get your exactly right yeah. i like right. Thanksgiving's <laughs> coming up like you'll you know get fed and get your your future set as well love it Welcome to Ask Job Blogs. This yes. is the wonderful segment of the show where we get to address your career and life questions. As always, you can hit us up at jobblogs.com slash askjobblogs. 
for some advice, some fresh outside perspective. We got you. Yes, and today's question is from Sharika, and she wants to know, well, here's how it starts. I work in the Bay Area, and with traffic, it's a two-hour or more drive just to get to work. Mm. Bay Area jobs pay really well versus in the Valley where I live. I've been commuting for five years, but if I'm late due to a sinkhole, wildfire, or big rig accident, child, this is... <laughs> <laughs> we get points on our record and can lead up to a write-up and can lead up to a write-up and then being fired. My question is, should I leave this job for a job that is close to my home with no traffic, but is a pay cut? FYI, my three-year-old will be much happier to sleep in. I wake her up at 5.15 in the morning and she has been commuting with me and she needs her sleep. So what words do we have <laughs> for Sharika? And um, this just horrible commute with sinkholes and wildfires. Well, before we get into the answer, I just saw, it made me think of this um, picture that was floating around Facebook. Okay. That had uh, like two two little sections and it said job number one is 120K, 50 hours a week, 60 minute commute. Job number two is 90K annual salary, 40 hours a week with a 15 minute commute. Which mm -hmm. job would you choose? And overwhelmingly, everyone said the 90K job hmm. because quality of life. I'm right. Oh, really? So, they did? Yeah, over the 120K for 50 hours a week. That's like. Oh, yeah, no, no. And a longer commute. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm on that team. Yeah. I'm on Team 90. So, I mean, I feel like, Sharika, you have your answer. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> I've come to read. <laughs> Not Sharika. Personally, yes, but I feel like so many of the questions that we get are basically asking us to validate mm. what you, you value. Know. Yep, mm -hmm. and there's no shame in that because, like, we live in this very capitalistic society. Everyone's about money, 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 money. Mm -hmm. But it's okay if you value something else yeah. more than money. Yeah, life is about more than money. Yeah, so if you value having more time with your daughter are giving her a better morning routine yeah. or spending less time in bumper to bumper traffic. Right. <laughs> no one will fault you nope. for valuing that more. Mm. And just don't let what the number is on your pay stub dictate yeah. value to you. Yeah. Yeah. So like you wrote this and you were basically and you gave us all the reasons yes. <laughs> <laughs> why you need to take a lower paying job close to yeah. your house. So you know stand up in that. Yeah, for sure. Well, this was a great, great show. Yes. I really loved our discussion with Kevin. Thanks so much for joining us again. Yes, I'm definitely going to be going back and listening with a notepad and yeah. pen. There were some major gems. Thanks as well to our sponsor, One United Bank, America's largest black-owned bank. If you enjoyed the episode and are looking for more resources to encourage you on your financial journey, head over to oneunited.com. Mm -hmm. They've got amazing blogs and content, including their financial literacy blogs with articles tackling topics like how to build an emergency fund, cash versus credit, how to be savvy about your spending, and much, much more. Be sure to follow them around the web at One United on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Yes, and hit us up on the webs. We're at joblogs and joblogs.com. I'm Hamas Parker. I am Cleve Out Loud. Less and less on Twitter with that 280 characters. I know. I can't do it. That's but you lot. know, hit me up. <laughs> See ya. Bye.